Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. When great events in history occur, do witnesses realize the importance? Looking back on my time now, I realize I was one of the lucky ones, privileged to tell the stories of those times. I'm Orville Mulligan, sports writer. Previously on Orville Mulligan, sports writer. The commonly held conception about the 20s was that they quite literally roared. This is not half wrong. Chicago. That's where you're headed, Don Juan. Most folks believe that Chicago was the center of everything. Ah, Chicago. What a great town that is. Just great. You just have to remember three things. Keep your eyes open, your head down, and your ear to the ground. And as I was set to find out, this notion wasn't far from wrong at all. Ah, so this must be the degenerate section. Dukes, how about getting us into Reagan's club this time? We'll see, Junior, we'll see. I'd be willing to go there just for a story. An interview with Frank Reagan, instigator of the Chicago race riots? Starting with the obvious, Coach. Who do you have that can stop Red Grange? You ask who we have to stop Red Grange? And I answer that the University of Chicago has 11 of this country's finest players to do so. Coach Zupke, Coach Stagg says his team is pledged to, quote, stop Red Grange by any means necessary, unquote. What's your response? With his Christian manners, he calls this one a jackass and another and another, and by the end of the workout, there's no man left, only 22 jackasses grazing on the grass. Well, that's probably where the vegetarianism comes from, too. <laughs> What in blue blazes are you doing bringing these apes out here? Red Grange? I'm a big fan. I'm uh, not sure I can say the same. Let's go. This is your ride. My ride? I sent word through Reagan regarding your desire to meet with him, and he likely sent these boys here to escort you back to your hotel. Yeah, the boss sent us here to scope you out. Scruffler and me are excellent judges of character. So how do you like the Sox chances this year? Don't worry, we'll tell the boss you're all right, and you're dead correct about the Sox. Well, hello, tourist boy. You have an extra smoke for a lady? I don't know too much about you, mister, but you're not exactly difficult to read. Good to meet you. Thanks for the gas, and enjoy Chicago. It's loads of fun. I'm sorry, Orville. I just don't have the time for this right now. Jack's taking me out. He wants to see the new Chaplin picture. Jack? The pickle slinger? Yes, Jack. The heir to the biggest canned goods company in the northeastern United States. It's been ages since I've been to the pictures. And now, the continuation. With just minutes to go before kickoff, the last stragglers comprising the 35,000 of this positively ebullient crowd filling Stag Field in the wondrous windy city of Chicago. Come to think of it, Stagfield may be the warmest place in all of Chicago, with below freezing temperature for most of the city. 
you're out there in this, let's hope you're bundled up in that trusty overcoat. The thought on nearly every one of these 100,000 football fans is certainly centered on Red Grange. How will he be stopped? Can he be stopped? Now in his junior year, Grange has drawn full crowds eager to see him add to his outstanding body of work for the University of Illinois. Grange has left nearly every defense he has faced in utter ruin with the power of an ox and the swiftness of a deer. Far too much for mere mortals. We should note that the opposition, University of Chicago Maroons, are no Cripes. penny It's 20 degrees outside. What is it in here? 15? Relax, Max, and get out some of the stuff we got last night. Yeah. All right, here. Last Cheers. Week, you? Thanks. Cheers. Right here at Stag is this heater even working? Ow! So what did you guys do last night? Well, we went to this mill near our hotel. What'd you do? Went to the movies. Dukes didn't set you up yet? Not yet. There's a sucker born every minute. Says you. Need help getting up? And this week, all eyes of the University of Chicago team, as well as the 35,000 strong assembled here today, are on University of Illinois Junior, All-American halfback, Red Grange. It is Grange who has drawn crowds across the country due to his outstanding body of work in his now two and five ninth season in college football. Two and five ninth seasons. Who are you trying to impress, Freddy, old sport? Grange has left virtually every defense Gil and I have faced thus far in 24 in ruin. As with a nimble swiftness of a buck. As the nimble Grange swiftness of a buck. The and they say we the write purple ranks. prose. And the teams are lined up for the kickoff. Harry Hall will be kicking for the visitors. The anticipation of the 35,000 fans who braved the frigid November air of Chicago to jam the stadium was well met on this Saturday. And the kick is off. It's fielded by Thomas at the 22. He takes off immediately and oh, what a hit. He'll be feeling that one in the old collarbone for weeks. Off to an early start, I see. Are you kidding? You know the Dukes over there usually has 80% of his column done by the time the jockstraps are passed out in the locker rooms. When you've got it, you got it. Stag's men began the proceedings on a mission. Chicago has run the field with ease on this opening drive, and it's been first down after first down for Stag's men in maroon, led nearly perfectly on the field by Abbott. First down and goal to go. Abbott hands in the ball to Thomas, who goes for the edge on the right. He fumbles the ball, and it's picked up by Illinois. A colossal effort for all the nothing by the Maroons here, and Illini will take over deep in their own territory. That first drive of Illinois played as did the entire first quarter. Two attempts by Grange proved futile, as did one from McElwain. Shortly thereafter... Lining up at the one, everybody at the line with only McCarty back for Chicago. McCarty gets the ball, a big pile up, and touchdown Chicago Maroons! Stags 11 extended their lead in the second quarter. Having their way with this Illinois defense. Here's Thomas on the handoff. Barto throws the block. Touchdown, Chicago Maroons to make 13 to nothing. And now 14 to nothing on the extra point from Abbott. 
So far, ladies and gentlemen, this game has been all Chicago with nary a peep out of Red Grange, the man everyone came to see. Naturally, Grange would not be kept down for long. Grange breaks free into the backfield, and he's finally taken down after a gain of 27 yards. And oh, Goodman just bounced off Grange there. Range on the run, now passing, and Galavan with the catch, and a few more yards to the 14. Range is doing it all now, putting that ball right on Galavan's breadbasket on that throw. With fate now the mistress of Illinois, the denouement of this drive was easily foreseen. It's Range, Red Range for the touchdown to put the visitors on the scoreboard. Each team hit Pater once more, first by an unheralded substitute. Francis is in at fullback for Marks now, set center in the eye. He gets the ball, and he's straight through the middle and in for the touchdown. 14-point lead, Chicago Maroons. And by the diametric opposite for Illinois. Sucky and his Illini pulling out all the stops on this drive. A fake punt followed by the fake drop kick has gotten Illinois down to the 10-yard line. And you've got to guess the famous redhead is getting the ball. He does. It's Grange. Cutting hard to the left side. Hondelik bearing down. But Grange skirts him and is in for the touchdown. And now, a favorite ritual of college football at halftime. The slow but inexorable migration of septuagenarian press corps members to the men's room. Hey, take it easy, Max. You might be that old someday. Hey, not in this century. Truer words. I don't know how these jackanapes made it into this century. Dukes, your usage of jackanapes only shows you're still living in the gay 90s. The gay 1790s. Oh, you keep working on that material, and someday you'll make something of yourself. You've got a great face for radio, after all. Ta-ta. What? You're finished with the game write-up already? Tell us how it ends. <laughs> no, boys. It's just that genuinely literate sports writers are allowed on field level. Until then. <laughs> so here's the lowdown. Reagan says he's in. Says he wants some good press for his club, his sports club, understand? I believe so, yes. Just be ready to step up if you need to, understand? I... The only catch is the timing. They'll send word to your hotel. The Carlisle, right? Right. I don't know when exactly. Could be ten minutes after this game, could be midnight tomorrow night. Tell me the truth, Mr. Dougal. Is this going to happen? Dukes, call me Dukes. Look, Reagan may be, like, say, uh, questionable of morals, but one thing is certain about all these types. These keep their word. Getting zossed for a mistruth makes a great motivator. I don't know what I could do without you. 
drink your hummer in winter or summer. There's something so pleasant about you. Oh, you stand the test, for you are the best. I'll send all the rest down the line. Let others keep trying, you're so satisfying. There's nothing like Moxie for mine. Moxie, oh Moxie, me for you. I don't know what I could do without you. As a drink, you're a hummer in winter or summer. There's something so pleasant about you. Oh, you stand the test, for you are the best. I'll send all the rest down the line. Let others keep trying, you're so satisfying. There's nothing like much free for If football is a battle, the second half was pure trench warfare. Bodies strewn on the field as neither defense refused to surrender more yards of ground. 33,000 were roiling en masse into a frenzy. Now fourth and very short for the Illini. Hall will take it himself. Right side and he is going nowhere. Oh, what a stop. Hall just hit a wall of maroon jerseys that looked like the entire defensive line cut through at once. And once again, an Illinois drive goes nowhere. The mighty tug of war continued as time wound down on the third quarter. Chicago, for a fleeting moment, appeared to gain the advantage when... Maroons with the ball on their own one-yard line. Abbott takes the snap, doubles back, pitches it to Kerwin, and it's a punt! Kerwin lofts it high, high up and no one's back for Illinois. Everyone is sent chasing and it's Schultz. Schultz recovers for Illinois and he is piled on back to the 20-yard line. Stagfield fairly well shook like a volcano pushed to the bursting point with anticipation. The explosion imminent and the color of molten lava is red. Illinois breaks the huddle down a touchdown, knowing there are a few ticks away from going scoreless in this third quarter. Grange gets it from Hall, a huge hole on his left side, and Grange is through! He beats McCarty at the 45, and he's off the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20! Many players can excite the imagination of the football-mad fan. But when the jaded sports writers sit up and take notice, that's when true greatness has been witnessed. For Moxie has a flavor all its own. Good and pure, safe and sure. Let everyone proclaim its name and fame. In praises ringing while they're singing. Moxie, oh Moxie, me for you. I don't know what I could do without you. As a drink, you're a hummer in winter or summer. There's something so pleasant about you. Nice. Oh, you stand the test, for you are the best. I'll send all the rest down the line. Let others keep trying, you're so satisfying. There's nothing like Moxie for mine. Moxie, oh Moxie, me for you. I don't know what I could do without you. As a drink, you're a hummer in winter or summer. There's something so pleasant about you. Oh, you 
After the final gun sounded, the 33,000 in attendance left satisfied with a full afternoon's worth of football and a bravura performance turned in by a legend. Including the Mercurium 80-yard run in the third, Grange had piled up exactly 300 yards on 30 carries. On their parts, Stag Chicago Maroons may have managed the first blemish on the record of Zupke's fighting Illini, but Grange and his still undefeated side left Stag Field on this day bloodied, not broken. Orville Mulligan, sports writer, end. Thank you for filing your story in a timely manner. You're, uh, welcome, but... Yes? I think I've finally made the connection to get an interview. That's positive news. What interview? You know, with Reagan. Frank Reagan? Either tonight or tomorrow night, probably. Ernie Dougal is trying to set it up. You remember him? Everybody calls him Dugues? Yes, the UPI wire guy. Please tell Frank. Uh, Mr. Delft. I will do so. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, how did you like the Chaplin film? Oh, well enough. And... everything else? Now this hardly seems like an equitable exchange of information. Pardon? Gentlemen never tell, but ladies must spill their guts. Marla... Sorry, Orville. I've got to go. It's Saturday, and I can think of a thousand places I'd rather be. Than at the Guardian? I know you better than that. Do you? I... yes. Yes. Don't I? Sorry, Orville. I've got to go. Oh? Where are you going? Out. Bye, Orville. Call us when you have the Cardinal story. Thanks. Our pleasure, sir. Sunday afternoon in Chicago. Though still a bit nippy out here, so bundle up if you're going out. Fans of the gridiron game will certainly enjoy the prospect of a scintillating National Football League match here today. The Dayton Triangles come to town on a three-game losing streak, including last week's 35-0 defeat in Cleveland. Those there he is. Well, well, look what the cat house brought in. Boys, I cannot tell a lie. Chicago gals are the tops. Sure, if you're buying. Just enjoying some local talent. Besides, Swing Lardner, what do you do last night? Stay in your hotel room and wait for Dukes to call? No. Whatever you say, pal. Told you he'd stiff you. Oh, come on, Max. Dukes might still come through. Yeah, when pigs fly. And there's the kickoff. At Chicago's Comiskey Park, the Dayton Triangles of the burgeoning professional National Football League came to town to face the Chicago Cardinals Football 11. Patty Driscoll and the Cardinals would soon enough unleash an aerial assault of magnitude rarely seen, but began by marching downfield with a series of long runs. Stopping Hurlburt after two yards there was the best defensive play yet by Dayton, who have already given up runs of 18, 20, and 25 yards in the first drive of this game. Ball on the 35, and this time Chicago's coming out in a single wing with Anderson at the extreme right. But now, it's Hurlburt who gets the ball, and he's broken through the middle! The 25, the 20, the 15, they won't catch him, and he is in for the touchdown! Six to nothing, Cardinals! Cardinals line up on the two-yard line. There's no telling from where the attack will come. Left, center, right. Chicago has exploited all areas of this line already, and we're just halfway through quarter two. It's DiStefano with the ball, driving off the right tackle, and touchdown, Cardinals! 
This Cardinals line just has too much strength. And, and the route was on. Wake on me up day. when it's over. The early fireworks in the game led to frustrating quietude. Punt was answered by punt, and neither running nor passing worked for the Cards in the third quarter. Dayton earned a second opportunity to score. A fine with ball, a couple yards and he's wrapped up. No, he gets away. Still on his feet and taken down after a gain of 24 yards, all due to that Houdini-like escape. Hartlow takes a snap, rolls out, and he's going to try the downfield pass. Complete! Again, it's Hafine. Hafine with the catch, and he's immediately tackled by a swarm of Chicago defenders at the 23. And now the triangles are putting together an impressive drive. But fortune was no ally of Dayton on this Sunday. Hartlow takes it all for himself here. He goes half, and he's lost the ball! There's a big pileup at around the 20. It looks as though every man on both sides is in that hill of bodies. The referee and line judge are both attempting to clear the scene. And it appears to be, yes, they're calling it a Chicago recovery. Chicago Cardinals ball, and the Daytona attack is vanquished. As lopsided as the game became, Driscoll and his Cardinals were not finished enthralling the crowd. The play that was. If any of the 2,000 here at Comiskey Park today had any misgivings about the price of a ticket for this game, well, that play alone was worth the price of admission. They'll be telling friends and family about that forward pass from Driscoll for years to come. That ball must have sailed a good 40 yards before McElwain even had to catch it. Incredible! Somebody get this guy to calm down. It was a gadget play. Hey, Rip Van Winkle's awake. Come on, Nash. You've been asleep too long. The forward pass is developing into a legitimate play that can get you yards in a hurry. What did that go for, huh? 53. To me, it's proof the college game will forever be superior. Every time you throw, you're rolling the dice. You're surrendering control. And every yard further, greater the risk. This is no way to run a successful offense. McNully and Handke are flashes up the sideline. Driscoll launches it, and it's Handke! Handke hauls it in behind the goal, and it's 22 the nothing Cardinals. That should be more than enough to finish off the triangles in this one. Not so many years ago, tomato soup and cream of tomato were unusual dishes, enjoyed very much, but not very often. Today, of all the soups in the world, tomato soup is the one most often served. Not because women have taken to making tomato soup frequently. No, on the contrary, few housewives ever attempted anymore. There's just one reason for tomato soup's popularity, and it is this. The magic, matchless flavor of Campbell's tomato soup. There's a lively verve, a dashing zest about this flavor that people take to at once and come back to and enjoy again and again. The first racy taste of it has a way of arousing a desire to eat, and yet there's a pleasant feeling of satisfaction when the last spoonful is gone. So this soup is a happy choice for the main dish at lunchtime or at supper, and it also is a fine way to start the day's main meal. Serve it sometimes, too, as cream of tomato, made with milk instead of water. You can always be sure that it will be received with pleasure, because this, of all soups, is the one people like to have most often, Campbell's tomato soup. Driscoll subsequently finished the scoring with the extra point, the punctuation concluding a remarkable offensive statement by the Chicago Cardinals. And... Thank you, Orville. Is that all? For submission, yes. All right, then. Thank you. Check in when you get back to town. Marla, wait! Wait! 
Yes, what is it? Well, I just wanted to say that... Hey, he's right there. Yo, Mulligan! Mulligan! <clears throat> Excuse me? I think I have to go. Bye. Wow. May I please ask... We're here to speak with Mr. Mulligan. We're here three minutes. We're gone. You got a problem with that? N no, sir. Please don't make any trouble. There's not gonna be no trouble. See, my friend says no trouble. No trouble. Now, why don't you just amscray? Amscray? It's okay. Just leave us be for three minutes. I'll make sure there's no vandalism. Vandalism? Or excessive bell ringing. Maybe I should just ring his bell. I would take that insinuation somewhat seriously. <gasps> so listen, the boss says he'll talk with you at his place tonight, but only about the athletic club. Yeah, sure. Can I bring anyone? What, like a date? No, my friends. See, I have this bet. Those two rubes you was with at the practice? That's them. If they have money they're willing to spend, that'd probably be acceptable. But they ain't talking to the boss. Absolutely fair. Be there nine o'clock. Any cabbie in the city knows where it is. And the password is... End around. Shangri-La. Just listen to Orville Mulligan, sports writer, an audio drama podcast from Number 80 Productions and the Sports History Network. Episode script and story by Oz Davis and Darren Hayes. Special thanks to author and historians Josie Emba, Jennifer Taylor Hall, and Chris Willis for their additional research on this episode. Orville Mulligan, sports writer, stars Doug Fye, Ilana Fye, and Eric Bodwell. This episode co-stars in order of appearance, Cademan Holland. John Roberts, Mike Backus, Vernon Poitras, Mindy Grossberg, Scott Leet, and Forrest Hartle. Directing by Eric Bodwell. Sound recording and editing by Don MacGyver. The theme song of Orville Mulligan's Sportswriter is Dayton Triangle's Rag and was arranged and performed by Bruce Smith. Additional music provided by David Liso of Dynamo Stairs. The track Jazz Club is by Chris and is available through free use agreement. Orville Mulligan Sportswriter is produced by Darren Hayes and Oz Davis. Series concept by Darren Hayes. Keep your dial locked to this podcast station for the next exciting episode of Orville Mulligan Sportswriter, coming soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and PigskinDispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on SportsHistoryNetwork.com, PigskinDispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? 
I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.